We are going to see the King. I'm singing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to see the King. Soon and very soon. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Soon and very soon. Soon and very soon, going. we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon, soon and very soon, we're going. We are going to see the King. Singing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to see the King. We are here for the final services for our dear sister, Sister Edith Connor, and we will uh, follow the program as it's printed. Uh, we, as the Glendale Missionary Baptist Church, we stand with and in support of our uh, beloved sisters and family members from uh, the Connor family who are part of our church, and we stand with you in your time of, of sorrow. Uh, we do ask again that as your name appears on the program that you would, number one, make yourself uh, available and immediately as your name appears, you don't have to wait to be called, you can just come on down and, and we ask that you would do what uh, you've already been assigned and you notice that under the reflections it says please limit three minutes. This has been established by the family and, and I know everyone could take so much more, but we ask that as much as is possible that you would follow the wishes of the family and keep it reduced to three minutes. Uh, with that, we will have uh, the opening selection, my help, and afterwards we'll have um, invocation and scripture readings.
Fight me by day, no more. 
shall preserve my soul, even forevermore. children 
We thank you for looking over my mom. Thank you for giving her to us the time you did. Thank you for the life she lived. Thank you for the example, hallelujah, of the teachings in guiding us in getting to know you for ourselves. And today we know that you are faithful. You have kept her through the rough times, the smooth times, the good times, the bad times. Today you have called her home. She has gone home because this world was not her home. We are glad we are just grateful and thankful to you that she kept the faith, finished the course, and now she has gone home to be with the Lord. Lord, we pray today that you bless those whom she has left behind, not just to mourn the loss, but to walk in that footsteps. That one of these days we shall also make heaven our home. For Lord, you said we should not weep like those that weep, because those that weep without you, who die without you, and weeping, oh God. There is no hope. But we know there is hope. Hallelujah. For those who die in the Lord. I hear your words so blessed and holy. Blessed are those who die in the Lord. From henceforth that they may rest from their labor. And their works do follow them. Thank you for giving my mama rest from her labor. Evangelistic work. Way in which she taught us to serve you. Taught us to pray. Now Lord, she's resting from her labor. And Lord, we know her works follow. Because she never worked for you in vain. We have seen so many of her children say yes to you. Because of her work of evangelism. We give you praise. Now we think of those children. Louise. Charlie. We bring them before you Lord. Mary. We bring them all before you. Louise. Charles. Mary. Mary. Austin. We pray, oh God, for you. Hallelujah. Ruth, Naomi, Lucilla, Thelma, Arlene, Bob. We are hurting, but at the same time, we are glad that she has made it home. Give them comfort. Give us all comfort where we feel the pain. Give us courage where there is fear. Give us hope even in the midst of despair. Give us strength where we are weak. Give us health wherever we are sick. Give joy even though there may be sorrow. Give us peace of mind where there may be worries. Give us that blessed assurance that it is well. Because you are able to do and keep us from falling, Lord. 
We give you praise. Bless these children and all those rest in the family, the grand, the great grand, the friends, the relatives, and all who are here today. Give them, O oh God, comfort. For you are the God of all comfort. We thank you for hearing us today. Now, Lord, as we celebrate our home going, let everyone here know that there is still hope. Hallelujah. There is still hope. The only way is to accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord. Let that message generate in their minds, resonate in them, so that they would know if there is hope to see Sister Connor. We must come through at the door, which is Jesus Christ, who is the way. Hallelujah. The truth and the life. Thank you for your blessing upon us in times like these. We ask your continual blessings to be upon us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Old Testament scripture comes from the 23rd number of Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. New Testament scripture is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we'll read verses 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. May God richly bless both the reading and the hearing of his holy word. No one. 
this time those who are present uh, who have been asked to give uh, those who have been designated to give reflections would you please come forward at this time uh, Reverend James Walden and Dr. Angela Wilson and then afterwards we'll have the video reflections Over and over about the coming of the Lord 
Jesus Christ. We believe that the Lord himself, the Bible says, we shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those of us who are alive and remain shall be caught up to be with the Lord in the air, and the Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Paul said, take comfort. So to comfort one another with these words. I just want to let you know that this is not what it's all about. We are here and we are by pilgrim. We are on our way to a better country. Please do not allow the devil to detour you, sidetrack you. Keep focus. Because um, there are so many things in our world today. The, the, the world is full of gimmicks. But don't be caught up. One preacher that came to our church and he preached this. I never stopped to pay attention, but he was very detailed. And he said, if you are not careful, all day long trashy thoughts would occupy your mind. You must know how to rebuke the devil so that your mind will stay focused because there are so many things computer, television and just about the environment which can take your mind away from your focus please remember almost every Sunday morning I get up and I remind the congregation that remember this is not it we are heading for heaven if you miss heaven you miss it amen I just want to say again I am very proud of the Connors family ministers Bobby <laughs> minister of music and uh, all kind of professionals Avis is singing up there she, she used to be with Sister Connor when she was a little girl I know look, look at the woman you know, you know she, she, she is a great woman of God and also she is a president of a great university I just want to say thank God for the products that we have seen and let us keep on keeping on. God bless. that are here, the family, the Connors. Um, it is a very um, difficult time, challenging for me especially, but um, when I think of Mother Connor, she is just such a wonderful person. I have all beautiful, fond, heartwarming memories of Mother Connor. Um, when I was just a little girl going to elementary school, she saw something in me. She dared to believe in me. The very first person outside of my family to believe in me. And I believe back then, her and my father, there was some kind of collusion going on. Something was going on because they had it 
in their mind that I was going to be groomed to be the music minister for the church in which my father, Bishop Walden, pastored. And my father, he came to the United States in 1979. He founded the church and we started in a little recreational building, Colonial Drive Park. And I recall Bobby was one of our first musicians along with Elvis and they came and they really were such a blessing and all throughout um, the years of being an um, organization, a church, Bobby never forgot us. He came back years upon years to invest in our choir and just, he went on to other churches but yet he came back to um, tutor our choir and help to build up the ministry and it all started with Sister Connor. You know, she was one of the greatest organists. When she would play that organ and sing, she brought the whole place to life. You know, and she really invested in our music ministry to build up our choir and and just really helped to give us a great start. And she looked at me and she said to my father, listen, I'm going to groom her. <laughs> at the time, it was really difficult because my father could not afford to continuously pay for me to get lessons. So she said, no, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. So she taught me free of cost. And I recall going to the home every Saturday. It was like a second home for me. I was like family. They took me in and she taught me patiently. And I thought about it just the other day. I said, my God, I was not the easiest student to teach. I was really a good person, really nice, obedient, but hard learning, hard to you know catch on that quickly. So I said, my God, if I was my student, you know, if I was to teach myself back then, I would have drove myself crazy, but she had so much patience, and she invested in me and believed in me, and I went on to study in school all throughout elementary, high school, college. I became music educator, um, taught in the public schools, went on, and I became the music minister of Kingdom Builders Ministries. I've had numerous students of my own, and I'm here to say that that legacy of Mother Connor lives on. It lives on through me. All of the students that I've taught, they're living out that legacy. Through Kingdom Builders, that legacy is being lived out. Amen. And through all of her children, that legacy is being lived out. And I'm here to say that I am the one that refused to give up on other students because of the, that nurture that was invested in me. She passed on such a beautiful spirit. You know, I those who were challenged in regards to finding income to support their children for music lessons, I said, don't worry about it. 
and I just invest and pass it on, you know, and because of what was invested in me. I just want to say I really love Mother Connor with all my heart. Every fiber of my being loves her, and I really appreciate her, and I love her family. Guess what? <laughs> I guess most of you know that I'm, I'm already adopted. You know that. <laughs> I'm already in. Love you guys, and I can be there for you in any way that I can. Love you. God bless Thank <laughs> you. 
May the blessing of the Lord, which make it rich and added no sorrow, rest, remain, and abide with us forevermore. Amen. Oh, I had a praying mother. Only now, as an adult, I see where my passion for the arts and the love for children came from. It came from watching and being involved in everything my mother did, whether it's a production, plays, events, concerts, we were a part of it. And so only now I realize that's because it was embedded in me as a child. Whew. Phenomenal, phenomenal woman. That's what she was. As you know, we are from a musical family. And I was pondering whether to just say something or sing. So I decided to do both. I'll try and sing a verse and a chorus titled, I Had a Praying Mother by Linda Randall with the help of my baby brother, Bobby. Come on. If I could hear 
to the family and I have two, uh, two resolutions I'd like to read. I'd just like to say that we will certainly miss Sister Connor um, making her grand entrance on Sunday morning and um, my prayers are with you all. I have the first resolution is from Good News International from Dallas Fort Worth and it says to the Connor family be it known that our hearts are saddened and we sorrow with you as you grieve the loss of your beloved mother, grandmother, friend, Edith Ann Connor. Good News International Christian Center of Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas stands with you in love and faith as you continue with assurance, your devotion to the Almighty, and hold to his promises during this sorrowful time. Whereas sickness made entry and seems to have been victorious, there is yet one who remains the final victor. Whereas he who was active in the life of and personally known by Sister Edith for his love, his purchase of salvation, and his gift of eternity, we now trust to be faithful for the rest of her story, even the Lord Jesus Christ. Be it resolved, we stand resolute with you in the forever conquered defeat of death, hell, and the grave by heaven's champion and our soon coming king. Finally, we petition heaven's comforter, the Holy Spirit, to lovingly minister to your pain and quickly restore the joy of fond memories and loving affection to your hearts and minds. Revelations 22:12, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his word shall be. Submitted 
with love, Dr. Vaughn and Terry Peaks, Good News International Christian Center, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Resolution for the late Edith Ann Connor, Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us as in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 through 5. Whereas in it pleased the Lord on Tuesday, July 14th, 2020, to call to himself our beloved sister in Christ, Edith Ann Connor, from labor to reward. And inasmuch as she was a faithful member of the local body of Christ for 37 years and was also the beloved, blessed, and devoted mother of 13 children, of which two daughters, Thelma Miller and Arlene Grant, are faithfully united in membership with Glendale Missionary Baptist Church. We, the officers and members of Glendale Missionary Baptist Church, offer our deepest sympathies and condolences to the family in this your season of grief. We therefore resolve that we submit to the real and sovereign purpose of Almighty God, even in this season of sorrow, knowing that all things work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. We further resolve that Sister Edith Connor's hope was built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And it was on the solid rock in Christ she firmly stood, proclaimed, and testified to the hope of her eternal salvation. She came to membership at Glendale on October the 2nd, 1983, and for the next 37 years availed herself to the church's ministry, which included Bible study, prayer, discipleship, music ministries, and many more. She was a true worshiper and supporter, one who dearly loved her family, the church, the family of God, and remained faithful to the, to the service and call of Christ, even in her years of declining health. We therefore do and will cherish the fellowship and joy with this, our dear sister, over the years, and thank God for her gifts and service to this local assembly. Her fond memories will always remain and will remain as she is sorely missed from among us. We are confident that on July 14, 2020, according to God's word, she found peace and eternal rest in his presence forevermore. We have further resolved that Glendale Missionary Baptist Church offer our continual prayers to the family and avail ourselves to your service in whatever capacity we are able. 
we finally resolve that God is to be glorified in all things, seasons, and situations, including when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, our comfort and confidence is that he is with us. His promises will not fail, and his purposes are never frustrated. So we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This resolution is offered by the pastor and officers of Glendale Missionary Baptist Church, a copy of which will be given to the family and one retained in the files of Glendale Missionary Baptist Church. Humbly submitted, Reverend Kenneth R. Jones, Pastor, Celia M. Grant, Secretary. this family. We the Paradise staff would like to thank each and every one of you for all acts of kindness that you've shown them during their time of bereavement. Your cards, letters, visitations, covered dishes, but most of all, your prayers. And at a later date, at a more opportune time, this family will thank you in a personal way. There were some that went a step further, purchased floor arrangements. They would not be acknowledged at this time, but the family do say thank you. But may I ask that you focus your attention on this beautiful casket spray. This is one of the last and final gestures that this family can leave on this side. All of the love and all of the memories. My brothers and sisters, closing I'd like to say to the family, as you go through these times where you need God, to comfort you. I'm reminded of a song by the late Reverend James Cleaver that says, I don't feel no ways tired. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that this road would be easy. Not my mother, father, sister, or brother. Nobody told me that this road would be easy. Family, I don't believe God brought you this far just to leave you. God bless you. At this time we'll have a silent meeting of the uh, obituary and at the same time there will be a slide presentation.
So we can, we'll have the selection at this time.
just kind of saw a little bit of what just transpired there. But, you know, Sam and I, we go way back and I passed our notes. I'm giving honor to you in this church. But, uh, Pays to be ready. Pays to be ready because in just that little short time, he just lost his mom. That's the news he just received. Even yesterday, I had a phone call from a childhood friend of mine, and she had lost her mom. So it pays to be ready in spite of what's going on with this COVID. It pays to be ready. Can you just turn to somebody and say, pays to be ready? <clears throat> I am going to miss my mother tremendously because she was a jewel like none other. She was really a jewel like none other. You had to be in her presence to know what I'm speaking of. Some of you already do know that. But you can't be my mom's presence and leave within 30 minutes, 45 minutes and not leave with something that should propel you for destiny and purpose moving forward. I was planning on coming down and being with my mom just to spend my time with her to just kind of tap into the rotation. You know, the children, they're doing their parts, the grandkids, and my siblings, they're doing everything that they could, and I, I'm in Dallas, and so I wanted to come and see her, and I didn't get that opportunity to see her in person. So that was really hard when I went and they called me and told me about it. My phone calls with her, 45 minutes, 30 minutes, dwindled to 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 5 minutes, 3 minutes, just being able to stay on the phone. But in those conversations on the phone when I spoke to mom, it was inevitable that it's, it's already transcribed in any conversation with my mother. The back end of it is always going to be stamped with, May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent. May the blessings of the Lord which make it rich and add it no sorrow rest, remain, and abide with you. That was always embedded in us because of what she taught us. Growing up in the Virgin Islands, and I have a lot of my Virgin Island friends here today, she was not just my mother, she was their mother as well, as well as their mother was my mother. I've had a lot of things that have happened in the years past, but I know there's a thing called heads of protection. Where if it weren't for that praying mother, I wouldn't be here today. Just give you two snippets. Back in Old Cutler, driving around the back end of Old Cutler. You guys remember this? My car just got hit and one part went one way, the other went the other way. And I felt something pick me up and landed me on my feet. And you know, when you hear 
hear a car accident, you can tell everybody's running out. So you run out and you see this car parked one way, the other way. And I'm on my feet, no one had a clue that I was that person in that accident. They thought I was just a spectator. Second, fell asleep at the wheel on 95. I have no clue how fast I was going, but I know my body broke the steering wheel as well as the windshield. Came to, I don't know how, I know who was praying for me. You gotta be ready, guys. You gotta understand what it means to have purpose. That mother right there, this jewel, she's transitioned. So, a funeral is a funeral for not necessarily the dead, it's for the living. You're alive to hear about what she's done in our lives. But it's for you to hear about your life right now so you can have purpose for what you should be doing. With COVID and what's going on right now, you have a lot of opportunity to stay still and focus on destiny for your life. Hone in and get on track. Be where you're supposed to be. I wrote a song 15 years ago. Never thought I'd, I'd, I'd sing it for my mother. I've not been to any funerals except my father's funeral. And now I'm here for my mother's in my entire family. But I'm going to sing this song for my mom. And I want everybody to tap into the lyrics that I'm saying. Understand what it means. Yes. Give me more volume. Now you know my mom likes rhythm, so you can, you can patch your feet. This is a celebration for my mother. But make sure you hear the lyrics. Just to touch you. Just to hear you. Just to give you praise and bless your name. Just to thank you for the breakthrough. Just for me you stood and bore my pain. Just to hold you, just to need you, just to feel your presence here today. Just to see you, just to praise you, just to worship you, to hear you say, Welcome my child, welcome, I'm pleased the race you run. And yes, you've overcome until then. The journey you have run, the battle has been won. Let's praise the Father, Son, until then. Just to bless you, just to please you, just to testify along the way. Just to love you, for there's no one like you. Just to hear you call my name one day. To hear you say, well done, I'm pleased the way you run. And yes, you've overcome until then. The journey you have run. The battle has been won. Let's praise the Father, Son, and 
And even though I can't repay you for this joy And smile upon my face I thank you Lord for you bestowed Your mercy and your grace You've given your life freely It's a love so pure and true She occupied until we came to fulfill her call Hey, just to share you to a world that needs you just to glorify your name declare just to love you for there's no one like you just to glorify your name declares to hear you say well done I'm pleased the race you've run and yes you've overcome the journey you have run, the battle has been won. Let's praise the Father, Son, enter in. To hear you say, well done, I'm pleased the race you run. And yes, she's overcome, enter in. The journey mother has run, the battle has been won. Let's praise the Father, Son, and for everybody right here, say just to, just to, tell somebody next to you, just to, just to, oh yes, touch you, heal you. Hold you, need you, need you. I wanna see you, praise you. Oh, testify, glorify, magnify. Hey. Exalt you, behold you, hallelujah. Amen. Again, to the Connors family and especially to uh, our dear sisters. Uh, go out with you and our sympathies on, on behalf of the entire church family um, thank you for sharing uh, your mother with us and we sympathize with you in your season of loss um, you know God calls us into the fold and into the family of God one at a time and he calls us into his presence one at a time. Uh, before I share the scripture, I, I do want to mention three things in particular that stand out to me about uh, Sister Connors that I greatly appreciated. One, um, 
it was one of our appreciation services and and I want I want all of her Nazarene friends to hear this. She was coerced by her daughters Arlene and Thelma to sing a Bob Dylan song in tribute to us and in honor to us and I will never forget that and she's singing Bob Dylan that was cool <laughs> uh, secondly when we moved here 10 years ago it was the first time we had lived out of state and for 25 years it was the three of us my wife and my son and myself and we lived together all that time and so it was the very first time that we were away from our son and a Sunday did not pass when Sister Connors would not uh, say to myself and to my wife how's the boy and uh, that's you know one of the biggest challenges in being in another part of the country is to be without our son and she always that, that, that meant a great deal to us that she always held him in her thoughts even though at the time she had not met him but she was always asking every Sunday how's the boy and then thirdly every Sunday she thanked me for the message and I am grateful to that so Sister Connors um, was a delight I, I see as, as I was reading over the uh, obituary there was nothing there that surprised me I could see that her, she was energetic and she was creative but she was caring and she was loving and she loved the Lord and so uh, we thank God for the privilege of fellowship and service uh, with someone who has such a passion and love for the things of God a scripture uh, because eulogy is you know we think it as the sermon in a sense it is because it is gospel but eulogy is to speak well of and then my assignment as a Christian preacher is because we we, we did lose a saint is to wrap this or to bring this through the lens of the gospel so the text that I want to look at uh, this morning is Revelation chapter 14 and we'll read verse 13 Revelation chapter 14 verse 13 and I heard a voice from heaven saying write this blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on blessed indeed says the spirit that they may rest from their labors for their deeds will follow them and that's a good text for an occasion such as this because the whole context of this passage is what takes place in and through the earth until the return of the Lord and so the fact that we will die until the coming of the Lord and we will experience all manner of things this is a good statement for those who leave this earth before the Lord's return 
that being the case, we want to look at at least four or five things extracted mostly from the text and the surrounding circumstances. And the first thing is this. This passage is grounded in the presupposition that undergirds this whole context. And here's the presupposition. That until the Lord returns, death is a universal human experience. So the very wording here, it presupposes the fact that death will be universally experienced by every human being until the Lord returns. It doesn't matter if you believe in life after death. It doesn't matter if you believe that we become just a part of the atmosphere after death. It doesn't matter if you don't believe there is a God. It doesn't matter if you don't believe if there is a heaven or a hell. Here's the thing that is presupposed in this text. Everyone before the return of Christ, every human individual will experience death. Some will go kicking and screaming, some will go quiet in the night, but every human being will experience death. And so this universal experience of death is presupposed not only in this verse, but in the broader context. Death is a universal human experience. Now that's framed biblically in what we see that God says. Number one in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. But we also know that because we have sinned there is a correlation between sin and death because in Romans 6.23 we read that the wages of sin is death. If all have sinned, then all have earned death. Therefore, it is a universal human experience until the return of the Lord that every human being has been appointed to die. It's inescapable. We can't whistle through that graveyard. We will all die. Until the Lord returns, it is appointed unto men once to die. But here's the second thing. By specifying those who die in the Lord, this verse also assumes that the, the universal human experience of death is experienced in one of two ways. Either in the Lord or not in the Lord. So this verse presupposes that death is a universal human experience. But it also makes it very clear. It makes a distinction that even though everyone will die, that there's only one of two ways you will die. Either in the Lord or not in the Lord. Now, hold in mind when we say one of two ways, don't get confused by the method by which you die. Whether it's a sick bed, whether it's a hospital room, whether it's in, whether it's by disease or an automobile accident, one way or the it doesn't matter how you get there. There's only one of there's only two ways to die. That is either in the Lord 
or not in the Lord. So death is universally experienced, but everyone doesn't die the same death. Now, we have made this point before that God doesn't see all deaths the same. The psalmist says that the death that, that the death of the saint is precious in the sight of the Lord because every death is not the same. So there's only two ways to die, and that's in the Lord or not in the Lord. Now that being the case, what we see is in verses 10 and 11, it indicates that to die, to not die in the Lord is not a pleasant experience. In fact, in verses 10 and 11, it speaks of wrath, it speaks of torment, it speaks of an unpleasant experience. So there are two ways to die, and one of those ways is not pleasant. Now we are told there is a reason for this in verse 6. The reason for the unpleasant death is because in verse 6 it indicates that there was an announcement of the eternal gospel or the eternal gospel was preached to those who died not in the Lord. And they did not receive that eternal message of the gospel. What is the eternal gospel? The eternal gospel is the announcement of good news, as we indicated in Romans six, that all, or in Romans three, that all have sinned, which means all have missed the mark, all have missed the standard of what God has required for us. And the penalty for that is sin. So therefore the gospel is not a help to get you to meet the mark. The gospel doesn't help us meet the mark. The gospel announces that the mark has been met for you. And you either accept the one who has missed, who has hit the mark for you, or you are left to your own merits. Now those who refuse that message, we are told later in verses 8 and 9 how they were seduced by the spirits of the world. And how instead of worshiping the God who is the author of that eternal good news, instead they worshiped. They worshipped, really, the, 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 the beast. And having worshipped the beast, therefore they have been seduced by the world, by the flesh, and by the devil. And they have stood on their own merits and have rejected the good news. Therefore, for them, they also die. But death is not a pleasant experience for them. Therefore, for them, when they die, they transition into a place of wrath and condemnation. Now, it's a euphemism on the part of many that are still living. That we have a, we have a way of saying that anytime someone dies, oh, well, they're in a better place. And we assume that somehow because we see lifeless bodies before us, that if you die, you're in a better place. They're better off gone. But no, brothers and sisters, if you don't die in the Lord, 
the text makes it very clear that is not pleasant. So you don't just become a part of the a part of the ether. You don't just fly away. You see, death has come into the world by the creator of the world. And death has been issued by God for those who have broken fellowship with Him. And we only, in, in death, we only continue our pleasures and pursuits that we had in life. And so for those who don't die in the Lord... That means they had no joy in the gospel. And if they have no joy and no place in the gospel, then God will allow them to continue in their rebellion and the rest of their eternal existence will be in that state of rebellion. But here's the fourth thing. In our text, we are told that to die in the Lord is blessed. To not die in the Lord is not pleasant. We see that in verses 10 and 11. But to die in the Lord, the angel who has been given this announcement to read, he hears a voice and the voice tells him to write this down. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord in stark contrast to those who don't die in the Lord and have an unpleasant experience. But here's what's interesting here. Once this angel is told to write this down, blessed are those who die in the Lord. The Holy Spirit, who is usually silent, speaks up and says, Amen. So notice it says, blessed are those who die in the Lord. And then the usually silent Holy Spirit verbally validates that and says, blessed indeed. So what does it mean, therefore, to die in the Lord? Let's look at, 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 at this important phrase, because if you don't die in the Lord, then death is going. We know that it's inescapable, but it will be an unpleasant, inescapable experience. Well, first and foremost, to die in the Lord means to take refuge in the eternal gospel. While we still have ears to hear, while we still are drawing breath into our lungs, do you understand that as you come forth from your mother's womb, you may have great talents and great abilities, but you come here guilty before the Creator. Do you realize that? Do you realize that? I know we are we are all our sweet, precious mothers, our mother's sweet and precious bundles of joy. But we come here guilty. We come here below the standard that we ought to be. Our thoughts are impure. Our words are impure. We have turned our bodies into instruments of rebellion against the God who created us. You say, well, if we, and, and here's our, our way of thinking, that just, just, give me, just, just give me a plan and I can fix it. Tell me what I need to do. I think it was, it was Billy Holiday who says, the difficult I'll do right now, the impossible might take a little while. 
And so therefore we are always going to be suckers for programs that will help us clean ourselves up. So here's what it means to take refuge in the gospel, the eternal gospel. To take refuge in the gospel is to see what God requires and recognize I can't do it. But Lord, even on my best days, my love for you is not what it ought to be. And God knows I don't love my neighbor as myself. Because I'm number one, I'm the best. And so to take refuge in the gospel, in the eternal gospel, is to recognize that God's verdict of my guilt is accurate. And I don't have the ability to do anything to change my situation. I can't cleanse myself from my sins. And I can't behave long enough to meet God's holy standard. And therefore it is to look to His Son, the Lamb, and recognize that in the Lamb is the righteousness that God has required, and in the Lamb is the, the penalty that has paid my sins. So therefore, those who die in the Lord have taken refuge in the gospel because that's their only hope. In verse 4, they are described as being followers of the Lamb. Now you notice also in the text, it says their labors followed them. Let me just say this right now so that we can be clear. The reason, notice the, the order of it. It says those who die in the Lord are first off, they will cease from their labors. But then it says, and their deeds will follow them. So the right now part of being or to die in the Lord is to cease from labor. But what will follow are the deeds that have been done. Now here's what I want to make clear on. on. The works follow because the works are not what get you in. You see, the works only, they, they follow as a train. There's no rewards. The, the only thing that gets us to that state of blessedness is our embrace of the eternal gospel about the Lamb. And those who are brought into union with the Lamb will walk in the light of that. And the stuff that you didn't even know were good deeds, you, they will follow you. They are never the, they are never the price of entrance into the presence of God. And so the works follow. But notice again, here's what it says, that those who die in the Lord are not only called um, followers of the Lamb, but also we see that they are described as being redeemed. Redeemed means to be brought back. And not only are they described as being redeemed in verse 1, they are also described as having the name of the Father written on their forehead. In verse 5, they are described as being blameless. And so, again, one of the reasons we want to be clear on this, blameless is not what got them in. No. But blameless is what you get because you are in. In other words, God now sees them differently. 
He does not see them as children of wrath, but rather he sees them as the perfect obedient son that his son was. The perfect obedient daughter. The perfect human being. And because the, the son is blameless, therefore those who take refuge in him are also blameless. Which means that they are credited with his obedience. They are credited with his righteousness. God looks at them and he sees the wounds of the son. Therefore he sees the purity of the son in them. So here's what it means to die in the Lord. Those who die in the Lord are those who take refuge in the gospel, who have been sealed and signed by the name of the triune God. So in other words, they are set apart as his personal possession. And those who die in the Lord are those who are redeemed. Those who die in the Lord respond to the gospel message with worship and thanksgiving. And here's what it says about those who die in the Lord. It's a blessing. It is so much a blessing that the Holy Spirit says, and, and notice the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who gave life to dead souls. The Holy Spirit who produces the fruit of the Son in those who look to the Son by faith. The Holy Spirit who illumines the work of the Son to those who look to Him by faith. The Holy Spirit who guides us into truth. The Holy Spirit says that for those who die in the Lord, it's blessed indeed. And here's what makes it blessed because I know we get a little carried away sometimes with our poetry, our poetry and our imagery. But let's be clear, at this moment, Sister Connors is not walking streets of gold. Because see, that's, that requires the body that has yet to be delivered. But right now, her soul is in the presence of her Creator. And what that means is she's no longer laboring with the flesh, with flesh that is flawed and failing. She is no longer laboring, trying to pray to a God as her, as her mind or her body continues to fail. She's no longer wracked by unpleasant memories of what used to be. She's no longer dealing with temptations. She's no longer worrying about children or grandchildren. What it means is that she has the privilege of serving the God who saved her without obstruction, without interruption, without contamination, without, with, without criticism, without concerns, and without end. What it means to die in the Lord. It means that all 
of a sudden you see all of our lives and she lived a long life. But she's no longer walking by faith. She's put her faith down. Because she's in the presence of the object of her faith. You see, brothers and sisters, she sees better now, not back on her life with regret. But she has a better glimpse. Her soul unencumbered with the sinful body. Whatever it means for the soul to gaze upon the unseen face of the holy God. That's her experience. What her faith held to. She is now a part of. Because we are told, and it's interesting the way the book of Revelation describes the departed souls of the saints. In Revelation 6, it says that those who have been martyred, their souls are underneath the altar before the presence of the throne of God. In Revelation chapter 8, we are told that, that the prayers of the saints are ever before the presence of God. In Hebrews, we are told a place where the souls of the, of the, the souls made just are at Mount Zion. Brothers and sisters, Sister Connors is worshiping, is experiencing her best moment of worship right now. There are no timetables. There are no distractions. There's no corruption. There's no contamination. And there's no concern or care. Blessed are those who die in the Lord. And the Spirit says, Amen, they're blessed. Because I finally got them there. So here they are. We are warned in various places in Paul's writings. He talks about don't grieve the Spirit and don't mourn the Spirit. Well, there's no grieving now. So the Spirit says, Amen. Every time the Lord calls a saint into the presence of the Lord, the Spirit can say, Amen, I got him there. I'm a sports fan and in basketball, especially in, especially in college basketball, usually in the championship game. If it's the last couple of minutes of the game, the coaches, and especially on the winning team, the coach will call the players off the court one by one. And they call them off the court with time on all the starters. They call them off the court not for the benefit of the player, but for the benefit of the fans. So that the fans can have a moment to give a standing ovation to their players. And what God does is He gives us one more chance to be called off the field 
so that family and members and friends and loved ones can give expressions and gratitudes and, and fond memories as he takes us off the field and brings us into his presence. But brothers and sisters, that transition from labor into the reflection and or into the very presence of the triune God is blessed. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit. Because their labors have ended. Not working on the building, but working through the flesh, trying to prove their gratitude to God. That labor is over. And right now, those who have died in the Lord, they're blessed and waiting for His return. Blessed are those. No, no streets of gold yet. No, no award ceremonies yet. No crowns. No bodies that will that are immortal. None of that yet. When he comes, all of that will be. But right now, right now, they are blessed. Sister Connors, you're blessed. You're blessed because you are in the presence of the one who loved you. And you don't have to worry about the love of others because right now everything makes sense because you are with him. Everyone will die. And there's only two ways you can die. Either in the Lord or not. And for those who don't die in the Lord, it's unpleasant. It's so unpleasant we have all kinds of graphic imagery to describe it, but you won't know it until you get there. But those who die in the Lord are blessed. And it's so sublime that we can write about it, we can, we can anticipate it. But again, you won't know it until you experience it. Blessed are those who die in the Lord because their labors have ended and their deeds will follow. Amen. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we come to you in the blessed name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we do thank you for the gift of life. But we especially thank you for the newness of life that you have given us in Christ Jesus. As we come to you this morning, we come with heavy hearts because of the ray of joy that you have allowed us to experience in this our sister. We mourn in sadness because she will no longer be with us. And we thank you that you have given us space in which we can mourn. But we rejoice because although we miss her, we know that she died in the Lord and therefore she is blessed. 
We pray for the family in this season of loss and as they process this moment in this transition. We pray, Father, that you would give comfort. And as they, uh, those who have been brought to a knowledge of Christ, that they would be comforted and they would look to the Savior to whom their mother pointed them and recognize that they have no merits on their own. And as they grow in the grasp of your grace in Christ, we pray that it would manifest itself in the joy of living for your glory. Be with them in the days that are ahead, the days, the months, the years that are ahead. Give them the ability to process their loss through your cross. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.